are as we know it. Welcome to episode one of season three. You'll find that we have a new cast and new topics to explore this season. With this podcast, we hope to share our art knowledge and help inspire others to find art in their daily lives. Today on the podcast, we have Rithika, Matthew, and Jenna. Now over to explain this new episode. Our vocab word of the day is allegory, which is a story, poem, or picture that can be interpreted to reveal a hidden meaning, typically a moral or political one. At the end of this episode, we'll talk a little bit further into how that connects with our topic today. Thank you for sharing that vocab word today. We'll start with uh, today in art history. On this day, November 4th in 1922, British archaeologist Howard Carter and his team discovered King Tut's tomb in the Valley of Kings. Inside the tomb was a stone sarcophagus containing three coffins in each other. In the final coffin, made out of solid gold, was a preserved body of King Tut. We will now be introducing our topic for this episode. In this day and age, we have witnessed a barrage of movements that address the world's most critical issues, such as the civil rights movement, the climate change and global warming protests, the Black Lives Matter movement, and many more. However, in the times past, when the public expression of one's individual opinions were forbidden and frowned upon, many artists found their passion for art as a medium to maneuver their way around these strict guidelines. Or in other cases, many artists simply enjoyed concealing hidden messages within their pieces for the fun of it. It's certainly interesting how past artists have put forth so much thought and elaborate meaning to every aspect of their art piece. Every single object and formal quality has a significant role in terms of what the piece is all about, whether it's the color of a wall, the shape of an object, or the weather of the setting. Oftentimes, I find when we gaze at a piece of art, we misinterpret its true purpose simply because we are not digging a little deeper and questioning the smaller aspects of the scene. In this episode, we will discuss the symbolic beauty behind the details of widely renowned artworks. Let's start off with the Arnolfini portrait by Jan Van Eyck. There has been quite a bit of speculation and disagreement about what this painting actually represents. For those who may be unfamiliar with this piece, the Arnolfini portrait depicts a married couple in a bedroom setting holding hands. Behind the wife is the bed of a rich and deep red hue, and behind the husband is a window that opens to a bright, warm day. At first glance, many people assume that this is a wedding portrait based on the position and placement of the figures. However, art historians hold the definitive belief that this is a, perhaps a memorial portrait, since the woman that is depicted, the wife, passed away in 1433, a year before the portrait was finished. Remember that some pretty interesting ideas? In a painting, both the male and female figure have set their footwear to the side. That indicates that there may be some sort of sacred or religious event going on. Another indication of a religious event taking place is the one single candle that's lit among a chandelier of several candles, which serves as a symbol of the divine. That is definitely fascinating. What's even more exciting is that there are even more minuscule symbols hidden within this piece. For example, in the center of the piece is a mirror that is hung on the wall. If you take a look closely into the mirror, you can see that the couple is facing what seems to be a pair of guests in their dwelling. It seems to add up since the husband, who's Giovanni Arnolfini, is making some sort of hand gesture, which probably means that he was signaling something to the guests. In fact, this mirror does more than just show the presence of other figures in the scene. This mirror is bordered with a wooden frame, which is decorated with these little glass roundels. 
And in each of these little circles, you can make out scenes from the Passion of Christ. What's even cooler about this is that if one were to look at the piece in person, these roundels would be the size of about half of your fingernail. There's so much precision and immaculate attention to detail that Van Eyck must have had to de depict these scenes at such a small scale. Uh, my question is, and I wonder how long it must have taken for Van Eyck to come up with this sort of idea. It's truly amazing. We'll now zoom out of the mirror and look around the room a little bit more. As you can see, there's a dog that stands in front of the couple. Given that this is something that you don't really see in Northern Renaissance portraits, it has to be questioned. Van Eyck was possibly trying to symbolize the loyalty and fidelity that existed between the couple. That's an excellent point. In fact, there are even more of these little symbols that are placed throughout the portrait. On the left, behind the man, lie a few oranges, which back then was a symbol of wealth, as they were of remarkable value. Also, behind the wife's gown, we can see the small corner of an ornately decorated carpet on which she stands. Speaking of the wife's gown, have you noticed that the wife may not really be pregnant? It just seems that way since she is holding up the thick velvety wool material up against her, which causes viewers to perceive that the protrusion from her stomach means that she is instead expecting. There are so many hidden messages that are concealed in such creative and elaborate ways in this painting. Exactly. I mean, who would have thought that food, such as oranges, would have such an immense impact in determining the status of the Arnolfini couple and what is going on in the scene? Speaking of food, let's talk about Leonardo da Vinci's The Last Supper. Our second topic today is Leonardo da Vinci's The Last Supper, a globally renowned artwork that granted part of his fame. It's been through a lot. During World War II, the monastery where it was held was bombed, and since then it's been through many restoration processes, but even through all of that, it still remains one of the most well-known paintings. This painting has become a topic of heated controversy because of the publication of the Da Vinci Code, which provoked many theories involving the painting. So for this one, we'll be talking more about hidden symbolic references, but not so much secret meanings. Some credited theories have popped up, while some have been disproven, which we will discuss further. To give you guys a visual of this painting, it depicts Jesus' final meal before he was betrayed by Judas. Jesus and his twelve apostles are all seated at a table. Da Vinci decided to depict the moment right after Jesus revealed that one of them will betray him. Da Vinci's rendition of The Last Supper is not the only one. There have been multiple, including those painted by Peter Paul Rubens and Gudenzio Ferrari. All depictions include halos on Jesus and all of his disciples. However, da Vinci excludes this detail, implying they are all common men leading experts to believe he was trying to indicate Jesus was immortal, a mere man. Da Vinci's version all shows the figures displaying very human emotions, therefore depicting these religious figures as earthly people rather than religious saints. A widely disputed, probably the most disputed theory, is that John the Apostle on Jesus' left is actually Mary Magdalene, which is a, which is a disciple of Jesus. The figure has more feminine and softer features compared to the rest, and is the only person wearing a necklace. This has led many people to believe that it's actually a woman, or at the very least, not John. Now, many people disbelieve this theory because, first of all, Mary wasn't labeled among the people present at the table in the four Gospels. Second, it would have been obvious heresy to paint her there, which would risk offending the Pope. Third, without John present, there's not a full tally of apostles. Although this is an interesting theory with some merit to it, it's pretty unlikely to actually be factual. Another really interesting theory is that da Vinci hid a musical composition in the artwork. This was discovered by an Italian computer technician, Giovanni Maria Palem. To help you visualize, at the table in front of the apostles, there are plates, knives, and bread rolls. Now, 
Paula discovered that if you draw the five lines of a musical staff on the table, the bread rolls each line up with a specific musical note. Leonardo wrote from right to left, so when the notes are read that way, it becomes a 40-second piece that sounds almost like a harmonious requiem, which is a musical composition for the dead. This is only a theory and possibly just a coincidence, but experts know that in addition to being a painter, Leonardo was also a skillful musician, so this offers some substance to this possible speculation. Our final topic of the day is Vincent van Gogh's Café Terrace at Night, an oil painting renowned for its replication of the Café Terrace located in France. There is much speculation around the piece and its hidden allusions to other artworks, such as The Last Supper. We will be discussing if these conjectures have any validity or if they are only unsubstantiated claims starting at its origin. A scholar by the name of Dan Brown proposed the theory that Van Gogh hit a homage to Leonardo da Vinci's The Last Supper in his piece. He constructed this idea from the visual elements in the painting, of which he closely studied. Taking a deeper look at the painting shows us some similarities between Van Gogh's piece and The Last Supper. There's one central figure with long hair surrounded by 12 individuals, plus a cross shines in the background of the composition, and additional cross-like shapes are located throughout the artwork. A shadowy figure is also seen going through the doorway that may symbolize Judas. Those aren't the only details we know. We also know that religious illusion is characteristic of Van Gogh, who had a father that was a pastor and had once stated that he wanted to preach the gospel everywhere. He even wrote to his father during the time he was making the artwork that he had tremendous need for, shall I say the word, for religion, with explicit reference to the painting. That's definitely really interesting. It seems that there's more to his artwork than meets the eye. Possibly there are other obscure details, and maybe he hit a meaningful pattern or symbol. Van Gogh's Café at Night contains an array of engrossing details, none as complicated as those connecting him to da Vinci, but still very interesting. For example, his iconic post-impressionistic star-filled sky, which resembles the one in The Starry Night, appears for the first time in this piece and is one of three Arla's paintings that feature the painter's recognizable star-filled sky. And the positions in the sky of the Cafe Terrace at night are actually accurate as they have been verified by astronomical data. Wow, imagine the amount of time it must have taken for him to perfectly depict the orientation of the stars. It just seems so tedious. And his attention to detail is a testament to his skill as a painter. And with that, we will now end our final topic and lead to the conclusion of our podcast with this week's vocabulary word. We mentioned earlier that our vocab word was allegory, which means a story or a picture that has a hidden meaning, which we think fits in pretty well with our topic today because it was all about concealed and hidden meanings or messages. Anyways, that's it. We hope you enjoyed it. And thank you so much for listening to this far into the podcast.